Welcome to the Professional Amateur Podcast, where I talk to amateurs who are getting paid to do what they love professionally. We all have to start somewhere, and these are our stories. Performing is not for everyone, but for Neil Battinelli, it's a deep passion. Performing, acting, dabbling in magic. When he gets in front of a crowd to entertain people, he is at home. I follow Neil's path from a theater geek to magician and a hundred different tangents he's taken along the way. And we bond over a common thread between us. Welcome to another episode of the Professional Amateur Podcast. It's Stefan Glazer here and... Today, I have a magical guest, (laughs) Neil Battinelli, which if you see it on paper, you might not know how to say it, (laughs) but I've, (laughs) but I've, I've known you for quite a long time and you have many passions in this world. Um, (laughs) So let's go with an overview on who you are, Neil. Oh. Um, I am a guy who enjoys uh, performing one way or the other. Um, however, I can express myself. I, that that that's what I do. I guess <laughs> started with uh, I actually started with acting and um, singing and acting in high school. And then um, one day I uh, I did a show where somebody uh, brought some uh, playing cards. Uh, to rehearsal and he did a few magic tricks and I demanded that he taught me how to do that and he wouldn't do it. He was like, I'm not going to, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you the secret and I would not let up on him. And he said, when the show's over, I'll teach you a few magic tricks. <laughs> and uh, he, he, he kept his word. And then, um, yeah, that started it all. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, so it, it was just like a happenstance that a, a cast mate was just like, Hey, yeah, I can do some magic tricks. And yeah. And it just went from there. Yeah. So, I mean, I dabbled when I was a kid, but like, with I, I'm like, I think we all did. We had our little magic kids. And yeah. Stone sets and, you know, I did that, but it, I didn't like go to magic camp or get really, really into it. Like some, some, uh, some people get to do, but <laughs> yeah, turned out I, I was good at it. So I had hunger for knowledge. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that was it. Magic. I don't know why I had a hunger for magic and not like, you know, yeah. a college degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to, to that time. So this was high school that you found this, this, like you found this love and took kind of like took it seriously. Like, Hey, I really want this. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you like really put yourself out there as a magician like did you just you like know, no i th- i never intended like when the day that that those playing cards would put my hands and he taught me how to do magic tricks i didn't go oh, i'm gonna become a magician one day no i just <laughs> i was really interested in in those in how to do these these tricks um so i he taught me like three of them so while i was in high school i taught i, I would show kids like in study hall or in lunch these three tricks that i knew and then by the time i was done with a third trick they'd go show me another one and i go (laughs) i don't know anymore so i 
I needed to know more magic tricks. And, and so like when I saw those same kids the next day, I wasn't going to do the same tricks over and over and over again. I needed, uh, that's what all of a sudden this hunger, this what, that's what caused the, this, this insatiable hunger that I needed for more tricks and how to do everything. So I went to the library. This was in 1995, 90, this is either 95 or 96. And I, um, I went to the local libraries and I took, every single magic book I can find out uh, and I consumed them. Uh, and then um, I remember I was in the library one day and the librarian says to me, she says, uh, have you tried looking on the internet? And I said, what's the internet? <laughs> and she shows me, she, gets, she breaks out a computer and she shows me, uh, I think it was like Netscape or I don't remember what the name of the browser was, but I looked up Magic Shop and then I found out that there were entire stores dedicated to just magic and performance magic and that was really the end. <laughs> so, like, the money I should have been spent on, I should have should have spent on college tuition went to every book and gimmick and yeah, and I, I could get my hands on. Uh, but I, I think it was totally worth it just because of the hours of entertainment that you <laughs> give, just given us. Like, no, I'm not even talking about like down the road. Just like, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm really fun at parties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's and, a little, like, that was it. and I just kept doing it over and over and over again and, 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 and finding, meeting new people. And uh, I think at the time I was working at a, um, uh, a, a place that um, it was an indoor laser tag arena. And um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. What, my life is just random. And uh <laughs> I would sit, I would teach everybody how to play laser tag. And then once the le that lesson was done, I'm sitting there staring at a group of kids that are just waiting to go in. And I just go, do you want to see a magic trick? <laughs> so I kept having these crowds coming in to go play laser tag. And at the same time, I'm practicing honing my craft with each new crowd that came in. It was like an, an endless a uh, river of new audiences. So like I would work and do magic and that's that. <laughs> so that's how I rehearsed. That, that's, um, that's actually quite an interesting way to, to really hone your craft is, you yeah. know, cause I mean, teaching a kid how to play, let you point the gun at the other person and you, you did. That's yeah. well, it. I mean, you had to have two hands on the gun. Oh. I also had to explain the rules. There was, oh, yeah. Dude, I, had a sh I, I, had, I had my own little monologue. I, I made that fun, too. I was yeah, of course. <laughs> I wish you could remember that bit. Uh, that has been long erased. <laughs> yeah, that's what time, time does to uh, no. certain things like that. <laughs> so you go from you know, unleashing your magic on these kids, unsuspecting kids. <laughs> um, so when you started honing your craft, getting better, getting more uh, tricks in your repertoire, mm -hmm. where, what direction did you end up going? Did you, did you seek out uh, a way to perform or? The, that's weird. So the, um, the owner of the laser tag arena had noticed that I was doing these magic tricks uh, and that I was good. He, uh, he also had these birthday parties that he would have 
uh, inside the building. There was this, it was, it was essentially a hotel with, um, with a, it's like a Dave and Buster's almost connected to a, a hotel. And, um, before Dave and Buster's existed and, um, he asked me if I wanted to start doing, um, uh, magic tricks for the birthday parties that are there. And I said, sure. So now I had to put together a, an act. It was, you know, I'm like this 17 or 18 year old kid for the first time having to take all these magic tricks that I know now and let's put together a 15 minute to a 45 minute act that made sense. Um, and then I did that for about a year and, um, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, a year to, to really craft an act is, is actually, that's a good amount of time. To, so you, you go through this, you, you, you create this act. So what happens after laser tag? So after laser tag, I decided that maybe I should go to college <laughs> and, um, I left the area, um, for um, Orange County, New York, um, which uh, was was far away from where I was. That's where my father was. And he's like, hey, I got a deal for you. You come down, you live with me, and I'll help you go through college. And I said, all right, sounds like a good deal. <laughs> so I went, um, I only went for, for one semester. And um, this was before I've realized the reason why I get so obsessed over all these different random things is because I have attention deficit disorder and I didn't, didn't, didn't realize it. (laughs) No, that was a thing. (laughs) Uh, So I was really into college until the end of that semester. And then I was like, I'm bored with this. Let me go find some other thing. And I, I literally got phone calls the day after my final exams from my teachers going, Neil, do you know that you did not come to, your final. And if you just take a zero, you'll get a B. Really? If I get a zero, I'll get a B. They're like, yeah. And I said, well, or you can come in and take it like tomorrow. I said, all right, I'll be there tomorrow. And guess who never showed up? Yeah. This guy. (laughs) So I got a whole bunch of incompletes. I think, I don't know. I don't even want to look at it. I just get mad when I think about it. Yeah. Oh, we, we all have those times in our past, but it's funny. You mentioned, you know, ADHD, like, um, uh, I was finally diagnosed at 40 years old. <laughs> ah, welcome to the club, my friend. I know. It was awesome. I was finally diagnosed when I was 23. Cause I was like, I was in a job and I was like, some, I, there's something wrong with me, man. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's funny how how that can um how it can change your perspective on everything too when you yeah. find out that like oh shit everything in the world that i thought was really hard to do isn't so bad because it's not everyone it's actually me that's having that problem yeah. not everyone <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 learning more about attention deficit disorder really makes made me even from when I went, from when I was diagnosed to now, I when I was diagnosed, all it was is you have ADHD. Here's some Ritalin. You yeah. can't pay attention, and that was it. That was that, that was really all I knew about it. I was like, great, I can't pay attention, but I didn't know that there was a thing called hyperfocus. I didn't know that uh, I I have a hard time controlling my emotions. I didn't know that like all these other things that. 
are part of having ADHD. That's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm glad you, 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 it's, I'm I'm very happy for you that you've been. Yeah, it's it's eye opening. It helps it, you understand yourself a lot better. Exactly. Wait, see what happens. I, you put two ADDs in a room. And you <laughs> just run around in a circle, chasing your tails. I, and that's that's exactly it. And it's a behavior that people just don't understand. Like neurotypical people will never understand it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that because my girlfriend is neurotypical, but she she. Um, she's really uh, understanding and, and, and has her heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was uh, you know my wife Nina. We we got to the point where she's like, well, maybe maybe something's going on up here. And then when we once I was diagnosed, we both like did the deep dive and like got a whole bunch of books and started listening to stuff. And yeah, yeah. Then you have to focus on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's my favorite a, part about it. I just wish I could control it. That's oh, the only part. It's a superpower. It's a superpower. It is it's a superpower, and it's it it's it's the worst. Yeah. yeah well, the there's no superpower that doesn't have a drawback. No, that's true. <laughs> Nothing well, like the other day where it was uh it was uh the Spider-Man from uh, um, the Spider-Verse cartoon. You've got like um what's his name Morales. He's sitting there and he's got his little spider. It's this. Did you ever see that movie? Mm-hmm. You know, where like he finds out that he can turn invisible. Yeah. And, and then the, the older Peter Parker's like, he can turn invisible. He's like, I can't control it. <laughs> like, he can, he has hyper focus. <laughs> everything. It's like, yes, but I can't control it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he can't control it. That's, that's, that's it. That yeah. That's uh, life in a nutshell there. <laughs> so, um, Good thing you're here to keep us on track. Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, that's that's why I have notes to to go. Hey, let's 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 reel this back. In. <laughs> but it, when you have ADHD and you find something you love like this, it actually it's 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 a curse, but it's also just a huge gift at the same time yeah. because you do get so involved mm-hmm. and and you you sometimes you know you get so fixated on it that you just want to consume all you can so what happens with what happened with you is you got to a point where okay you you did you you went after creating a a little uh set list of tricks of performance everything just Mm -hmm. and then you're down in orange county um which happened to be where i met you yep <laughs> um what happened like after college well after well so <clears throat> i'm trying i'm trying to figure out how i started doing shows from there i don't i think it was just through word of mouth um I was working in a blockbuster video. Oh yes, that's what it was. I was working a blockbuster video, and I still had that same kind of recycled, or not recycled, but the stream of new audiences. Like, yeah, you, blockbuster was great, but like I was always doing magic tricks for people, um, and there was uh, a, a theater group that had come in 
and we just got talking and then i i they knew people oh man my memory is not great <laughs> well that that's that's always the hard part it's is things are always out of order because i i always think back to the first time i met you i was still living in new york it was before i moved to florida but the was that the first time i thought if i I distinctly remember it was um but in florida so when we actually just hung out because you came down to visit lisa and jared oh that was when monsters inc came out i saw monsters inc when it was released when I, when I was staying with you guys, yes, that's, that's what I remember. Yeah, it's it's the weird, it's the weird little details of life like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's how I was introduced to you too, and I and I can't remember the where it was probably someplace in 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 maybe in Walden. I don't remember the place, but how. I was introduced to you was literally you saying, do you want to see a magic trick? <laughs> and yeah. every, everyone knows. Really, you know what? I don't think I was really doing a lot of shows then. I wasn't like really. Yeah, I wasn't doing much. Where was I doing it? <laughs> There's like this, this gap of time where I don't remember really doing a lot of shows Mm. um it wasn't until i think it was it wasn't until early 2000s where i started booking shows at festivals um at bar i got bar mitzvah gigs (laughs) i got wedding gigs birthday gigs hold on oh oh, what all right so Everyone knows that there's two types of people in the world. There's people that love magic and people that don't. Oh, uh, oh my, God. My wife, my wife is one of those people. Mm-mm, no magic, no illusions, can't. She's like, no, stop lying to me. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know what? I totally respect that. And I've, yeah. I, they, I, I have a friend that's like that. And you want to see a magic trick? He's like, Neil, I don't want to see a fucking magic trick. <laughs> And one day I asked him, I was like, man, what? And he was like one of my best friends. And I asked him what it was. I was like, what is it about the magic tricks that you hate so much? And he goes, because he goes, Neil, I feel like you are trying to make me feel stupid. And it doesn't make me feel good. Like, I know it's a magic trick, but when I can't figure it out, I feel like you are trying to make me feel stupid. And I feel stupid. So it's not a good feeling. I was like, dude, I totally, I respect that. That, that is a very respectable, like explanation. explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's one of those things where if, if I had to explain, I mean, I, I love magic, but that's, that's the big thing with my wife. She's like, one, I don't like being lied to. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. And then two, she's like, I don't want to feel dumb. Yeah. Just, and that's something magic can do is make you feel kind of dumb if you don't know what's happening. Well, I do like to, exp- I, 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 to people that, that have that mentality, I like to explain to them and don't look at me as trying to fool you or make you feel dumb. Um, think of me as a special effects artist in real life. Yeah. You see a movie, you see 
you know, somebody flying in a movie, you, you know, it's not real and it's just a movie, but you <laughs> suspend your disbelief just to have a little bit of enjoyment. So if you look at it that way, maybe magic won't be so bad. <laughs> there is definitely a style of magic where like, I am definitely trying to make you look like an asshole. Well, yeah, there's unless you're an asshole and then I'm going to make you look like an asshole. That's then it's totally worth, you know, making somebody look like an asshole. Judy. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you said weddings. How how does a wedding magic show go? Well, I specialize in close up magic. Um, So I, I, um, a wedding will hire me to go from table to table while they're either waiting for the food or standing around. And I do the close-up magic because you have those people that not everybody likes magic. It's I get it. I get it. You don't want to force somebody to watch something that they don't want to watch. But yeah. if you're, you got a close-up magician who's kind of wandering around your party, would you like to see something? <laughs> Simple as that. As soon as they say yes, it's like, cool. Or you don't even ask and you just kind of like play, like you playing with a deck of cards. I'll play with a, I'll start, you know, doing a whole bunch of flourishes or stuff uh, and, you know, manipulations. And then if I see somebody just kind of like, see what I'm doing and go, what's he doing? Wow. Look at his hands. <laughs> and I was like, all right, these are my people. And then I'll go over and I'm like, Hey, you want to see something? So, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of different ways to know who you should be performing for and who you shouldn't. No, yeah. Um, so you, you said you, you specialize in close up, uh, close up magic. So what what other type of schools? Like some, I know there's a, a ton of different avenues, but yeah. what what have you like touched and said? Oh, this is fun, but oh, mm-hmm. this is not. Well, I mean, we could you could um, separate the different genres of magic. To infinity like you've got close-up magic you got close-up cards you got close-up rubber bands you got cl- you know it, but if you wanted to start fresh or start, start real from the beginning the first kind of classification uh, of magic is you've got close-up uh parlor and stage and those are kind of the first genres first three genres of magic that anybody who wants to become a magician is going to going to learn about and and really what constitutes this close up parlor or stage and that's uh audience size hmm. um with close up magic you're looking at an audience size from anywhere from one to maybe 10 people maybe 15 um 15 is pushing it a little bit i'd say 10 you have 10 um or less you've got a nice little close-up group. So you can use smaller things like cards or rubber bands or um, balls of paper or sponge balls or whatever. Um, but when you're looking with anywhere from 10 to say 50 people, um, you not you know, can you see this card? You not be able to see exactly what card it is in the back. So you want to use larger props like your linking rings. Um, or your cups and balls, larger props for people in the back to see. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into the big stadiums, that's your stage magic. And you have those big boxes where everybody, no matter where you're sitting, can see what is happening. Mm-hmm. Rather than tearing up a playing card and putting it back together again. Somebody in the back ain't going to see that. Yeah. So. Well, that, that's actually, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because I, I, I know just from watching different types that I've, I've seen these things, but 
it makes so much more sense to say like, oh, yeah, of course, you're not going to do a little tiny like card or, or paper trick when you're in front of like on a stage in front of like a couple right. hundred people. That's right. just that's insane. PB magic is a whole nother genre and a whole nother thing. I don't even. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, it, but if we're talking about live performances, um, it's usually the audience size. And then, you know, then you can segment it even more to um, like uh, even um, quick change magic. That's something I never, I never got into, but I, I appreciate quite a bit. Uh, do you know what quick change magic is? It's where somebody like the girl's wearing a. Yeah. Uh, and, and then like all of a sudden. <laughs> completely different yeah those are fun to watch i love those yeah I, I've, animal I've, magic I, uh, animal magic always terrifies me because i love animals and i don't know what's happening half the time <laughs> are there are there horror stories about animal magic oh sure <laughs> you ever hear of sigrid and roy no um <laughs> <laughs> wrong time to take a drink <laughs> yeah um i guess you're right uh, <laughs> there has been some horrible yeah. accidents <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh so you're 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 booking these gigs now for weddings bar mitzvahs i mean I, I, for some reason i i see bar mitzvah more than a wedding like all the time like like it's as a place where you would see a magician for some reason yep. Um, but when you started doing this, did you feel like I really like this, but I need more? Um, it's that it's this, uh, it's this need to perform that I have Mm. that, that is really the through line in everything that I do. Everything is this, this need to have an audience and have them have a good time. As long as they are having good time and I'm contributing to that, <laughs> that then that's what this body needs for some stupid reason. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, um, yeah. Uh, know? I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it links back to the whole ADHD thing. It's a, yeah. It's a dopamine. dopamine. Yeah, it's, it's just follow the dopamine. And for you, it's, it's that attention yeah. from the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes sense. It makes sense though. So when you're, you're in the groove and you're doing this, you're getting hired for parties and all these events, what, what, when you want to bring in a new trick, like what does it take to actually, do that because you can't just be like oh yeah that's the trick i'm gonna do it and just know how to do it like what kind of training (laughs) regiment do you have (laughs) my poor my poor friends and whoever i'm dating at the at the time um the way it goes is i'll do the research on a trick or there's something that i want to add um to my shtick and i um I break it up into two parts. There's a pattern, which is the, your lines of each trick. Each trick that I do has very specific verbiage that I use for either entertainment value or misdirection value, or just explaining what the hell's going on in the trick. And, um, and then there's the mechanical aspect. So I split it up. There's what my mouth is saying and what my hands are doing. Mm -hmm. And I practice each one of them. 
together by themselves. Once I have that down, I then try it on one person. Usually it's my girlfriend. <laughs> um, they will be the first person who is um, uh, going to be seeing this trick and it's going to be terrible. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> that, that person who was dating, this goes for anybody dating a magician. You are not what we call lay people, uh, a lay person. Um, it, just like in medical terms as somebody who's not in the know, like if I do a magic trick for another magician, I'm not trying to fool him or anything like that. He's probably already going to know how it's done. Um, and his girlfriend will also probably know how it's done. <laughs> Magicians, girlfriends and wives are not lay people. No. Um, yeah. You want to see <laughs> any, uh, anybody that I did it, if I feel bad because like <laughs> anybody who goes up to them and says, Hey, you want to see a magic trick? They're just going to roll their eyes and be like, no, not nope. really. All right. Show me. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you pat them on the back. Yep. Yeah. Good, good job. You did it. I'm yeah. out of here. <laughs> I've already dated a magician before. That's not for me. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, a little worse. Anyway. So, so then once that's done, once I can, then I get the feedback. I, I, I show the tricks to people that I trust. Um, funny story. When I first got into magic and started practicing, um, my brother and I, uh, my brother was a year younger than me and we, we had, we shared a room and I would practice my magic tricks on him. And, um, he would always, he's like, no, I saw what you did. You did this and that. And you need this. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then like a few months later, his, I was working at a, at a, um, uh, a restaurant and his class was having some sort of a, an event at a place that I was working at. And um, I set up a little table and I started doing magic tricks for all of his kids in his class. They're all standing around and, you know, trick after trick. By the time I was done, I looked at my brother and he just looks at me. He goes, when did you get good? (laughs) You helped me, buddy. So he saw like, the bad side of it. And then I just had to practice it and polish it and make it perfect. And then, yeah, that uh, and I could, it gets there. I so could, that's, that's a dedication. Of, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's the, my ability to do the same thing over and over and over again and not get bored with it for some stupid, I blame ADD. I swear. Yeah. I, repetitive, <laughs> repetitive stuff is what I'm best at, I guess. Well, but you know it it pays off because it's not like it's just something that became a hobby that you just did to wow some friends once in a while i mean you you have been paid to be a magician so it's so the time invested is there's and then and then there was also i would make there was um there were uh, magic message boards where I met other magicians um, and actually became friends with other magicians. Uh, and they would have gigs that uh, they wouldn't be able to do. So they'd have me fill in for them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that way that uh, um, getting a gig in that manner was this was the way I got um, the 
probably the coolest gig I ever, I shouldn't say the coolest gig I ever got, but the coolest sounding gig that I ever got <laughs> was, um, I got to uh, warm up the crowd for, um, uh, Chris Tucker, his comedy oh. show. This was in, uh, uh, the Palisades. Oh, mall. that's, that's rough. Uh, as a magician, it was fine. I mean, no, it really was fine. It actually was pretty good. The gig oh. itself was fine. I just, I never got to meet Chris Tucker. Oh, so that sucks. Because, uh, you know, I, I know quite a few stand-up comedians and and they always say like the hard, it's hard, the hardest opening act for them to do is for opening for a music act is, is like, it's like, Oh yeah. Just impossible because they're like there to see the music act. They don't care about the, yeah. and yeah. they always say like, they always feel they feel really bad for magicians that open for comedy acts because it's like, is, is this guy funny? Because I want funny. I'm here for funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I'm funny. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't have a problem. I, didn't, I kind of enjoyed myself. They were fun. Well, that, that's, was a fun crowd. that's good. What, so you, you said it wasn't your cool. It was the coolest sound gig. What was your coolest gig that you've done? Oh, dang. <laughs> I never thought about this. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> They're all pretty much the same. <laughs> They're all the same. It's, um, I will tell you there was one, um, there was one, uh, it was an audition for a gig for a restaurant. And uh, so the owner of the restaurant, it was, it was pretty busy the night I was there. And the owner sitting in the chair and um, my buddy of mine, he worked there and he's like, yeah, Don's over there. I want you to go talk to Don. He, want, he wants to... He wants to hire you for magic, but he just wants to talk to you real quick. I said, so I go over and I introduce myself and he's like, so you, you do magic. And I was like, yeah, you would you want to see something? And as I said that there was a, a table behind me that had maybe like 10 people and they were loud as hell. They looked like they've been drinking. And the guy's name was Dom. And he looks at me, he's like, not for me, do it for them. Uh -huh. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I turn around and uh, they were just, they were loud. They were an older, older group, but I walk over to the one of the guys there and I say something like, so do you guys want to see magic? And he's like, yeah, why don't you disappear? And, I, uh -huh. and starts laughing. <laughs> and then I start laughing. I start laughing like a maniac. Oh boy. Um, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I whip out my deck of cards and I make this big fan. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at him like this. He looked, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting this job. He looks, he looks up at me and I'm looking at him and I stop laughing and he just goes, ah! <laughs> thank God. And then, so that point, um, I, I won them over and I start doing tricks and I'm, I'm uh, being as off color and, and snarky as, as I want to be. Cause this is the crowd for it. And it was going over well. And each trick was landing. 
And then there was this one trick that I was working on, all right? And it was past the show the girlfriend phase and show my friends phase, but mm. it really wasn't ready for an audience just <laughs> yet. It was this trick where somebody would select the card. I'd have, they'd write their name on the card. They put it in the deck. I wrap it up with a rubber band. I take the deck. I throw it up to the ceiling. The deck hits the ceiling, comes back down, and the card that they selected is stuck to the ceiling of the, of yeah. the, um, of the place. So that's the trick I decide I'm going to do. And um, he takes a card. He puts his name on it. We put it in the deck. We wrap it up in a rubber band. Oh, and the reason why it was, I was taking a chance was because the way this trick works I'm not going to give away how it, how it's done, but if you throw it wrong, <laughs> you don't throw it in a very specific manner. What happens is the deck uh, of cards will hit the ceiling and explode <laughs> and the cards will go all over the place and nothing will be stuck to the ceiling. So you have a <laughs> giant mess and no finale. It'll look very stupid. I said, fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. So I wrap up the deck and, <laughs> say a little prayer and throw the cards up the cards hit the ceiling and all of a sudden just, <laughs> just, go, just, just all over the place and i'm just staring at the ceiling just going <laughs> and the dude that selected the card is like sitting right next to me i'm standing he's sitting and i'm staring up and all of a sudden i can't really see what's going on below me and i i just hear this oh my god that's amazing i look down <laughs> I look down and the dude was sitting at his table, right? Like, let's say here's the, the edge of the table, mm -hmm. right? And on the edge of the table, face up right in front of him is his selected inside <laughs> car. Sitting at a 45 degree angle, just, just like that. Staring at him. <laughs> Staring at him. I was like, I just grabbed the car, pulled it up. I'm like, oh, thank you very much. And <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, I will never be able to do that trick again. Oh. Got the job. <laughs> so then I, I worked at that restaurant for um, for a few months doing table magic. So again, I would go table to table. Hmm. So that's what I would do. That's what I would, I would go to a restaurant, see if they needed or were interested in um, yeah. having a magician at their restaurants. And uh, that, uh, this actually brings up a, an interesting point. Uh, about magicians because most people are only familiar with you know like copperfield blaine i almost said buck angel but that's the wrong one chris angel is the correct one <laughs> but like they, they think about the the big names yeah. that they see in vegas sure. or or on tv yeah. they don't realize that it, that's not what all magicians do <laughs> because I never thought like, hey, yeah, a restaurant would have a magician going from table to table. That actually is kind of cool, yeah. depending on the restaurant, of course. Well, there's actually a function for a, a, um, a magician working at a restaurant. Um, there's a number of things that a magician will do for that restaurant. One, um, the wait time for when you order your food, the waiter goes in the back. That's when I'll go in and I start performing a few tricks. I do two or three tricks. By the time I'm done, before they know it, their food's already ready. Boom. They had really no wait for oh, that. 
that, so that, that enhances the experience. Not only do you, have, you add entertainment value, but you also make your wait staff look better. Not only do you make your wait staff look better, that means the wait staff is going to get higher tips. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's actually a really smart move for the restaurant owner. <laughs> it's there. There's a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a benefit to having a, a magician work at your at your your place. Um. Well, you know, other than the fact that you're adding, um, you know, uh, different type of atmosphere to your place. My favorite place that I worked at was a uh, an Asian fusion restaurant. Hmm. It was, excuse me. It was super classy, super classy. As I'm burping into my head, real classy. <laughs> Man, I'm a slob like me. But, um. So that was that was my favorite. Those are my favorite types of gigs were were restaurants and table table hopping. Alexa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy I have my headphones on because I know oh. <laughs> I know <laughs> all the time between Google and Amazon. I can't say anything because <laughs> one of them will start talking. <laughs> yeah. I have a I have a reminder. Um to go off at every single day at a certain time. Uh-huh. <laughs> it helps me. Rem- it's so bad. I, I have a daughter uh, who doesn't live with me and I have a daily reminder at 745 for me to just text my daughter, say how she's doing before I know it, it's 11 o'clock at night and it's too late. And I'm like, fuck, I forgot that. It's see, and that that's something a lot of people wouldn't understand, but I totally get it. Uh, because my my phone is full of daily pop-ups that come up to remind me to do specific things i i carry i literally carry a journal around with me all like everywhere because in that journal i will have my things that i'm supposed to be doing that day (laughs) yeah Yeah, i feel you brother because without that uh i will do whatever i want for for however long and the, not realize how long it took be like i i watched 18 hours of youtube videos today why <laughs> because i i did that's why <laughs> so yeah so restaurant gigs like that it's kind of an eye-opener to me because I, I never thought about that and so where else have you fit in as a magician like that like all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I understand the question. What do you mean? So, so like, uh, how you had the restaurant gigs or, you know, that's actually like a type of, of gig that I didn't know, um, beyond the, the restaurants and obviously beyond parties, like what else have you done as a magician? I think I said oh, it was a better, well, better uh, yeah, way to ask I, I, that. I um, I've, uh, I would work at festivals as well. Um, festivals? Do you, do you, you know, the, um, I would perform at the Cornwall River Festival okay. every year um, in Cornwall, New York. Shout out. <laughs> I don't even know, they're probably not doing it anymore since all COVID yet. Yeah. You got to be like in the South there. here. What's that? You got to be in the South like I am, where that they don't think COVID's a thing anymore. So, oh god, it's it's kind of terrifying sometimes. But you know, we just went to mandated uh, masks. Yeah. Today. Well, 
York. Like, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, uh, Georgia opened everything up to the important businesses. This was April 21st of last year, of 2020. Now, remember the timeline of COVID. Yeah. We opened the important things in April of 2020. Um, massage parlors, strip clubs. I mean, that's important. And hairdressers. Oh, hairdressers. Oh, and, and bowling alleys. Bowling alleys, too. Wow. Can't forget that. Um, that was signed by the governor to say, yeah. <laughs> have at it <laughs> I, feel, I do feel like a jerk though because i remember when i found out that liquor uh liquor stores were um being opened as um essential businesses i laughed and thought that was stupid but then somebody pointed out to me that if you were an actual alcoholic like a real life clinical alcoholic and you just stopped drinking you can you die. die yeah yeah, that's a that's a real thing. Real thing, and I felt like an asshole for laughing. Yeah, still funny. No, no, it's still a little funny. It it, it still is. Yeah, I mean, a, even. I'm sorry if you're an alcoholic listening to this and you yeah. die, you stop. I mean, uh, we're you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, the the governor actually signed uh, uh, instead of just making it a, a, as a uh, not a essential business he also allowed uh all the delivery like uber eats and everything to deliver alcohol as well oh, so good. so it's you know you could just call up and have somebody drive to your house with <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right maybe the south isn't so bad um, <laughs> right so as you've progressed in years uh and you've bounced around in different types of performing uh, arenas, basically. Arena being the description of the word, not where you're performing, because that would be amazing if you were performing in arenas. Right. But uh, like most professional- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but most professional amateurs are, are in the same boat where we're not the top of the food chain. We're in, the, we're in there. We're somewhere in there. I'm yeah. Like... <laughs> so, so, like, these days, where, I mean, it's kind of, we were just talking about how COVID has ravaged everything in this country. Sure. But these days, where are you performing? Like, how? So, all right. So, I was, I was heavily into the magic scene. Um focusing on getting gigs, actually thinking about quitting my day job one day. And I then had a baby in 2011. <laughs> and that is, I love you, Rain, my daughter, if you're listening to this so much. But my dreams died that day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I stopped doing magic shows for a very long time. She's 10 now. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so then I, I really haven't been doing it uh, as much, uh, but I have started to get back into my first love, which was uh, um, performing in uh, 
community plays and things of that nature. So I started focusing on the acting a little bit more than the magic lately <laughs> in the last 10 years. <laughs> but and, uh, it's still, still there. Yeah, it's still there. Uh, but okay. perf- performing, like when you're acting, like that's obviously you're, you're still getting that, that hit of like, hey, I'm, I'm getting the, the performance. I'm, I'm making these people's days better or worse yeah. if you're playing, you know. Uh, if you're if you're being um, ba- a bad actor, villain that I normally am, I play yeah. a lot of villains. Well, that makes sense um, for you know for it, your personality. It, it just comes out. What um? Oh, what uh? What plays have you been in like uh, recently? Like I, I know you say you've been doing it for the past ten years, more yeah. so. Um, um, let's see here. Um, this Friday, uh, <laughs> I, I am in a, uh, uh, we're doing what's called a, um, it's like a radio play, a live radio play. It's not actually on the radio. Um, it is a stage play, if you will. And the setting is 1940. Uh, we're a radio station and we are about to, or we do, we perform It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. Um, so it's oh, yeah. me. And five other actors standing in front of a microphone. We have one guy who's a foley artist. A foley artist is the sound effect dudes with all the little gadgets and the, you know, the the shoes. Somebody walks into a room. That's um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I play a number of different characters in that show. See, that's see, that's got to be fun, just because. I mean, being able to play more than one thing at a time. Oh yeah. You keep, oh, okay. <laughs> I play about six or seven different characters in that. That's, I get I just and everybody has their own voices and personalities. And so all do, little, with um, with your your friends in theater, do, do you ever subject them to magic? Since it's there, you don't. No. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I. I it's kind of funny to, I don't know. It's a little fun to like do it, you know, go through the rehearsal process, do an entire show. And then at the end that, you know, they find out that I'm a magician. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> Why didn't you show us a trick? <laughs> Cause that's what happens. So yeah. that's, that's really what ended up happening was like, I learned over the years that if I do want, like I used to use magic to like make friends. Hi, I'm Neil please like me and I'll do a magic <laughs> trick. They're like, this guy's awesome. He is so cool. Neil showing us another magic trick. Let's do another <laughs> magic trick. And then I became a performing monkey. And I, you know, I somehow developed self-esteem enough to the point where I was just like, I don't really have to do that anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't know. I mean, it, it's good though. It's because it's one of those things that you have. Yes, and it's, uh, I'll, I'll, I will break out the magic at the cast parties. I will do that. Oh, that's a good time to do. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So last October we did um, a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. Um, I was in. Uh, we, let's see here, The Crucible. Uh, I was John Proctor, motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> uh, he's the lead. In case you didn't know, I'm pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah, not too shabby. Not too bad. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I can memorize a script. That's what it is, really. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, because yeah. oh, it goes back to the uh, the whole like hyper-focus. repetition, hyper focus, do it over and over Ding, again. Ding. <laughs> ding, ding. So you know, you you said that it's it's well, obviously, you never lose it because you probably it's still part of you but yeah in the future where do you see where do you see yourself going with magic Ooh, yeah see it's in you it's you can, a little rusty yeah, yeah, same, yeah. You, you heard the you heard the creak when you did the flourish you need to oil it up there you go <laughs> a little bit um you know <laughs> Uh, I did consider um, putting together uh, my um, magic act and do like a um, parlor kind of a show with the like the Lincoln rings and things of that nature, which I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID hit, so uh, that, uh, I was like, oh, never mind. That that's the that's like the story of our lives really it's it's everyone seemed at the beginning of 2020 we had these huge things that we were going to do and yeah it, they just yeah. It, everything just you know shit the bed basically yeah. so I, it was uh, like maybe so maybe <laughs> we'll see if i if we ever get out of this like i said dude they the mandates came right back um so now everybody has to wear a mask and it's really hard to perform magic when you can't use your facial expressions yeah you have to have really good eyebrows and and eyes (laughs) yeah Yeah, uh i um like i said everyone has that that covid like roadblock because i had a a game plan because what i do besides this podcast which is relatively new even though this has been like four or five years in the making i just decided to finally do it um i'm a photographer kind of like your brother um and i my specialty it's weird because people go oh it's just you do weddings do you do that i'm like no Mm -hmm. i take photos of dogs yeah and i had a whole bunch of plans to take my dogs well at the time no at the time it was both we had both of them and we had a bunch of different uh shows lined up uh expos and stuff that we were invited to because my dog is famous on instagram (laughs) but it's it was an in like oh i get to go into this huge pet expo in orlando and you know we get to go there for free and then we get put up and everything because my dog, people like my dog online, Yeah. but they also have a whole bunch of people that wanted to have me speak about doing dog photography and especially like, I was like, Oh, this is great. And then all that got canceled. So yeah. I was like, cool. Yeah. But I know things will turn around eventually and eventually i i i hope that you can get a a show together have you ever thought of like doing 
an online show or like a live <laughs> yes uh yes and then uh and no um <laughs> we <laughs> so i mentioned that we're doing it's a wonderful life mm-hmm. the radio play um this friday we actually try which it's it's a there's a it's a local theater here and they've been doing it on an annual basis um so this is going to be the third time that I've, I've performed this in the last three years mm. and last year we did an online version of it because oh. it was an, a radio play it lent itself to that kind of a format um it, it was just so bad it, like <laughs> internet when you need it to work just doesn't yeah um i i know that I know that pretty well since moving to Georgia. Um, so a lot of what I do requires the internet. <laughs> and there was even a time where I was uh, streaming live on Twitch, right. doing live photo shoots with the dogs because people loved watching that. I mean, why not? Yeah. But because of the internet and how crappy it is where I am, like uh, it would just die. Like, 10 minutes into the stream and all of a sudden I start getting like texts and phone calls like, Hey, did you know that your stream died? I'm like, great. You're like, yeah, there was like 40 people here and never watching. I'm like, Oh, cool. So now I have an audience of zero. <clears throat> it's just me and my dogs and my camera. <laughs> yeah. When you have that momentum going and it just gets shut down, it's, it's it not is. a fun feeling. Feel it bad. Is. Yeah, no that that is that is a a, a frustrating feeling. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but you Like I said, I think things are gonna turn around eventually. Who knows? Next year, maybe, maybe twenty twenty three. But whenever it does, right? But when it does, I do want to see you put together a magic show, like put All together, right. and <clears throat> now. Well, while we wrap things up here, before we go, have you ever, like, like, did I remember seeing you on YouTube doing something or was that, I don't remember where I even saw it, but were you, did you do like something magic related on YouTube or sure. was Yeah. A few things. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, yes, there there is video evidence that I am a magician. <laughs> it exists. I just I wanted to think like there's a I YouTube was... video uh, of me. Uh, oh, see, this is why I don't talk about it because this is all anybody ever wants to see. Uh, I I can bend metal with my mind. Uh, yes. No big deal. No yeah. big deal. And mm-hmm. I take a fork, I can blow on it, and it gets all bent up. Uh, yeah. I and it's if funny. You're in that kind of thing. It's funny you said that because I I will never forget when you were in Florida visiting and our friend Brooks was there and he was dying to know how you did things like that. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and then we um then you put uh, this flood of memories just came flying back in and I, we put on um like a, a really bad magic show for the people in my apartment. And you had, had Brooks and I as your assistants. <laughs> <And we, Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> I, 
honestly, we were probably very drunk and it probably did not look great. No, Jared was fooled. I remember that he was fooled because we did a, uh, uh, one of us disappeared and I, I forgot. It was like, I do remember that. We wrapped you up in a, in a, yes. <laughs> Just like I said, it was just a flash of that memory all of a sudden. Did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember which one of you. I can't remember if it was me or if it was, it might've been Brooks because he was more limber at the time <laughs> and I was a very short boy. <laughs> yeah. He was shorter. Yeah. 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 It was Brooks. And then I wrapped him up in a blanket and he disappeared. <laughs> yes, he did. And Jared sat there for a few minutes, that. just like looking like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Uh, but I, you know, uh, you know, before we go, I, I do want everyone to know where they can find you online, uh, either on the acting side, on the magic side, or just on the personal side, if you want. So, hey, <laughs> um, look me up. Uh, I guess. You're <laughs> <laughs> in Plattsburgh, New York. <laughs> Um, yeah that, um, that's true you are like basically I'm, in I'm, canada so <laughs> i'm in canada yeah <laughs> I, I moved here three years ago yeah it, that's i came back yeah it's it's very 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 far up north in the basically as north as you can get in new york without going into canada <laughs> yeah the canadian border is a 50 minute drive yeah so if you want to see him in theater live, you have to just drive up there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, you can find me on uh, YouTube, uh, Neil Batinelli, N-E-I-L-B-A-T-T-I-N-E-L-L-I. I'm also on Facebook, mm. but no, I'm not really doing it much. Plug-in these days. I'll tell you, once I get that magic show going, I'll... Yeah, no, I, I, I know. Well, you know. I, I know you because it, it's it's something that's inside you always. Yeah, you're, you're it's <laughs> you're going to have to magic someday. <laughs> yep. Neil, right, thank, thank you so much for. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.